bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people up... If you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid and straight to the point. This is the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Y'all see them strange people over there? Yeah. Strange people looking in the fishbowl in the studio. Yeah. Hey. Hey. How are you? Yeah. I would say something, but I can't because it would just come out wrong. I'll have to tell you during the break because, yeah, it, it won't. I can't whisper it because I'm live on LinkedIn. And they'll hear me. They won't hear me, but anyway. 833-212-1017 is the number. All right, so I got a question. Today is June 14th, 2023. How do you feel about Black Lives Matter? Does anybody actually even care about Black Lives Matter? There's a story on CNN that says support for Black Lives Matter movement has dropped since 2020, report says. The Black Lives Matter movement, this is from CNN.com, the Black Lives Matter movement has lost support among Americans in the past three years, according to a new study released by the Pew Research Center. Pew found that 51% of Americans say they strongly or somewhat support Black Lives Matter movement. That's down from nearly what percentage? 70% of Americans who express support for the movement in the aftermath of the 2020 killing of George Floyd and 56% last year, the center said. The study indicates the decrease is mostly as a result of a declining share of white adults who say they support the movement. The overall number of black and Hispanic adults who express support have stayed about the same in the past year, according to Pew. Does it matter that white people support Black Lives Matter? Well, this says 81% of black adults say they support the movement, while 
63% of Asian adults and 61% of Hispanics said the same compared to 42% of white adults, the, sh- the study shows. So here's, here's my issue with this study. There is a significant difference between the Black Lives Matter movement and the Black Lives Matter organization. I think if you look at how America has been the last 400 some odd years, I think you would agree that there should be support for the Black Lives Matter movement. The organization, mm, I have to personally say not so much. But when asked which words they believe describe the movement, about a third of Americans say the term dangerous, divisive, uh, describes it extremely or very well, the study shows. And so that shows me that whites are confusing the movement with the organization. They go on to say, but there are significant differences among race and ethnic groups. White adults were more likely to say the words dangerous and divisive, describing the Black Lives Matter movement extremely or very well than other groups. 50% of black adults say the word dangerous doesn't describe the movement too well or at all well, the study shows. Now, black, Hispanic, and Asian adults are all more likely than whites to say the word empowering describes the movement extremely or very well. This is according to Pew Research Center. But overall, about a third or 34% of the same said the same about the word divisive. So adults younger than 30 were more than likely than those in other age groups to support the movement. And the study also indicates a significant division among what? Political ideology. 84% of Democrats and Democratic leaners support Black Lives Matter movement compared to 82% of Republicans and Republican leaners who said they oppose it. The study shows. I'm interested in knowing, had you asked them, do you support the Black Lives Matter organization? I believe you would have had a completely different outcome in Black, Hispanic, and Asian participants. Americans also expressed their views on the movement, the impact on several issues. The survey shows 32% of adults said the movement has been highly effective at bringing attention to racism among against black people. Smaller shares of U.S. adults said the movement had a similar effect on increasing police accountability, 14%, improving the lives of black people, 8%, and at improving race relations, 7%. This is all according to the Pew Research Center. My issue, it seems like the only people that got improved were the women who took over the movement from the founder and took in all the money and bought the mansions and spent the money. So what do we, what do we, what do we ask behind that? What, what do we discuss behind that? The findings are based on a survey conducted April 10th through the 16th among a randomly selected sample of 5,073 adults in the U.S. And so when you look at it, 
you have to recognize there's a distinct difference. First of all, the study is flawed because it mixed components of the movement and the organization. And many of the negative things that came out of Black Lives Matter came from the organization and things they said, things they did, espousing that um, marriage is a, is a, is a white European um, construct and that it shouldn't be. And uh, many of those things were taken off of their website because they actually go against what black people in America support and believe. Family, homes, marriage, all those things. And so it's unfortunate, but when you start to infuse negativity and apply it to the movement, which did some significant things to bring about change in America, but can you equate that to the organization that took money and didn't give a lot of money to any of the organizations that needed support? And so now we live in a place where we have to look at each other and wonder as crime breaks out in the city like it does here in Milwaukee, as black on black crime is becoming such a having such a deleterious effect on us. We have to ask ourselves when you read the news in the morning. Do black lives still matter? And that is Dr. Ken's Truth on the new 1017 The Truth. More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Planning, insurance, and investing are all important aspects to building generational wealth. Dr. Ken Harris has you covered with a lesson in financial empowerment right here on the new 1017 The Truth. Financial empowerment on 1017 The Truth is presented by Northwestern Mutual. At Northwestern Mutual, their version of financial planning helps you live your dreams today. You're listening to, uh-oh, there we go. Live radio. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. We are here live with Northwestern Mutual. I am kind of excited, but then I'm kind of offended because I mentioned it and then y'all did a show on it. So I was like, hey, wait a minute. Y'all trying to tell me something? Y'all trying to call me old? Y'all, y'all trying to call me old? I think y'all trying to call me old. No. Or you could just say that we're good listeners. I'm sick. You're seasoned, you know. You're seasoned. Don't 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 use that, cause cause when I'm old, look look look, I use that as a weapon. Okay, I'm older than you. What are you doing? When I say, you know, you got to use, you know, you know, because being a parent when 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 your children are adults, being a parent doesn't work anymore. They just look at you like, well, so am I. And then you have yeah, zero. Consultant. You have zero comeback. You can't even argue. We're here with the Bell and Wright Group. J.B. Bell and Erica Wright from Northwestern Mutual. I am excited because I literally just went through all this. Oh, And I okay. remember mentioning I went to this class on Social Security. 
Now, I'm not taking Social Security, but I figure in about four years or so, <clears throat> I might have to take Social Security. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, hmm, this is pretty cool. But then as you take a step back, you hear about it, but you never really, really, really understand what Social Security is or how it works. Like, I don't think people recognize that people pay into the system and then people take out of the system. And when there's not a lot of people paying into the system, there's not a lot of money to come out. And then so who pays more and all that and all those things. But before we even jump into that, can somebody in simplest terms tell me what is Social Security? Sure. So Social Security, it's a benefit as you pay, um, as you as you work, um, we have to pay this thing called taxes. OK. Mm. And uh, Social Security is a benefit um, that as you retire, um, we'll pay out some funds to you to um, to help you with your lifestyle. So okay? Social Security is is like a tax. It's not an income tax. It's a social security tax. It's a source. Yes. Yeah, it will. It's a, a, a tax that goes towards creating a source of income for you when you retire. Okay. okay? Kind of like also, pay as you go. Exactly. Right. Okay. You know? And it's also for um, people who get disabled and, um, and then for survivorship for um, children. Hmm. We look at it as it's, it is a guaranteed income stream. <laughs> Just not enough. From the government. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Right. So it's not something that was meant to foolproof retirement anyway. It's not something that you were you were only supposed right. to be living off of regardless. It's supposed to, you know, be a social help. Right. We all put into the pool and right. we should all be able to take out of the pool at some point. Was this supposed to be permanent or was it a stopgap at some point and it just kept going like everything else in the government? Uh, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. I... I I don't know. It's been paying it to us so long. It's, <laughs> it's and, never going know, away. But you so I don't it's, I don't see it going away in our okay. lifetime. Um so and I, I know a lot of people think that. Right. right. We hear right. it all the time. Social it, security ain't gonna be around. But but it's really not. Unless you privatize it. But even if you privatize it, it's still gonna be around. Yeah, it will be around. It's too many people are dependent on social security. I think there's like one third of Social Security recipients only live off of Social wow. Security. Right. Wow. And so for us to say like that would be gone, I think it's it would be it's too great. It's too great. Now, will mm-hmm. it be reduced? Yes. Which is why I'm not taking it now. I looked at the number that I would get when I reached a certain age and then the number that I would get now. And I went. That's like 10 percent. It doesn't make sense like, to take it early if you don't need to. At all. Mm-mm. At all. And so and so Social Security was originally built to do what? Like is it is it built to give like like you said it's their only income or is it built to support income? supplement? Yeah, the, well primarily <clears throat> it was built to take care of the elderly if you really think about it, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you know, these things go back to like the Roosevelt days, you know, right, and they'd say right. if you turn 65, you deserve a free ride. People weren't <laughs> um, living as long back then. Right. So it was really wow. meant first to kind of make sure that we had a benefit to take care of our most vulnerable. Wow. OK, but you speed ahead to this day. 
um, you know, yes, there are some challenges. Like, so little fun fact, when Social Security was created, about 42 people were working for every one person on benefit, right? You speed ahead to today, that number is a little under three people for every one person working. So clearly, yes, we do have to make some changes, but I think um, this idea that it's just going to go away um, in our lifetime, it's just not, it's just not factual. Because Um, everybody's paying in. Exactly. People continue to pay in. And, um, and the reality is, um, yes, when 2035 rolls around, there'll be some alterations, but they suspect it'll be around 76% of what we're kind of currently promised today will be then if they don't make any changes. Wow. And that's if they don't make any yep. changes. And right? they're, they're going to so, make changes. Right. They have to. Right. Right. You think about cha- easy, some simple changes, right? People are living longer. It may push it out further, right? Um, could affect, could adjust the interest rate. So there, there are tweaks that can be made. It's just, you know, um, I just don't think the, the idea of it's going to go away, the, the effect that it will have on society. I mean, what are we going to do, you know, throw granny out in the street? No. <laughs> you know, exactly. Got to really think about, is that practical? So, so I'm sorry, you were. And what I was just going to say is, I think the the most important thing, though, is really understanding and having a strategy around your Social Security. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask. So you you talk about insurance all the time and you talk about life insurance. So how, how does that intersect with Social Security? Sure. So when we when we think about, like, how much money that you may need or may, you may want to, like, leave behind for your right. loved ones. Right. We will calculate if, especially like if you have children, they may receive Social Security benefits um, while they're younger. We think about what they're going, um, what a spouse may be receiving from um, when they retire. We'll calculate that into Mm -hmm. uh, determining the amount of life insurance individuals need. So um, Social Security, it comes into play in in life insurance and also in all the retirement modules that we will we will run because again those are things that you can um, depend on now how much they will be will fluctuate right. based on person to person but you know that there will be something there and then another big key consideration for life insurance and social security is when you're dealing with spouses and I um, mean typically when spouses are both receiving social security benefits they have to understand if one of them passes away they're going to lose one of those benefits and they can retain the higher of the two. So sometimes even people may, um, we may structure some life insurance policies to kind of fill in the void of that loss of income when one of them passes away. So if you make, I'm just, $30,000 in Social Security and your spouse makes $40,000 in Social Security, if the spouse with the $40,000 dies, the spouse that brings in thirty can opt to take they will get their the 40. own 40. or... They can take the 40. Yeah, you will get the higher of the two benefits. So do you get to choose or they just switch it over and say, hey, here it is. Well, you will let you them know? know that, you know, that person mm-hmm. passed away and then. So I can then, so I can take like six months to a year before I let the federal government know you died and get some extra. Well, money. I don't see why you would do that. You, <laughs> you, oh, you mean then, don't let them know at jail. all. Oh, you said And, and then I can end up in jail. And then, <laughs> oh, no, no. no. That's not cool. That's fraud. That's fraud. Yes. I'm not saying commit fraud. I'm just saying. Because you know how people think. Well, you know, I could probably. No, you can't do that. And so it's it's very much set that, you know, when you pass away, you get the the $218, $215 death benefit. But then you have to report, hey, here's the death certificate and all that. Mm -hmm. And then you're allowed to switch over and take the higher pay. Yes, the higher of the two benefits. Okay. 
I so can't if get you both? were already getting the higher one, then nothing changes for you specifically. But no, no, no. I can't get both. No fraud, man. We're not doing fraud. I, today. I can't get both. Okay. I, I can't pretend like <laughs> mama. Mama's still alive. Mama, mama been. Oh, mama been. Oh, look, mama hasn't gone to the doctor in fifteen years. Mama hasn't. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. yeah. And but so that's important to think about, though, because yes, when you is. just said, you know, that seventy thousand dollars of yes. income that, you know, was coming into that household and now it's dropping down to 40. 40. That's what that's does that look like? And so when you talk about retirement age. How do you how do you figure out when to do that? That's an individual uh, decision you have to make. At mm-hmm. 62 or 65 or 67 or mm-hmm. what is it, 72 now for the maximum that you have to start taking payments. But um, 70, but 72 but, is when you take a required minimum. District. Right. So mm-hmm. you don't how, how do you how do you figure you actually figure that into your um, your your plan when you mm-hmm. when oh, yeah. I come see Absolutely. You know, Bell and Wright, you sit down and go, this is your age and this is what you'll probably be paying. You have to factor that in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have to look at everything because. You know, you have some people that may have larger 401k plans than others, and they may, you know, leverage some of the dollars out of there right. to buy them that time because every year that you, you wait, essentially, um, you're increasing the amount of money you could receive back, right? right? So by delaying right. it. So it really is a case-by-case situation. Um, you know, sometimes, for example, we may run into people who have really bad health issues, and for those people, generally speaking, we, we probably recommend taking it sooner than later, right? So okay. um, there's so many different variables and factors that go into it. And that's why you really need a financial professional to actually sit down with you and go through it and figure out what it is you need to do. Yeah. Going back to that analogy, I think I said, it. um, who knows how many shows ago now, but it's like, you know, most people would not do a one month vacation without putting some level of planning. Well, uh, retirement represents a 30 to 40 year vacation. So (laughs) probably want to see somebody. And, and, and again, before we go to break, people are living longer. Mm -hmm. So this, this calculation of, Hey, you know, I'm only going to live till and then with health care and all those things being significantly getting better every day. This yeah. this dying at I'm going to die. Your life expectancy is 72. And eh, you're sitting around. And women and women don't die anymore. Either. I know they so, don't die. You know, they women just, live they forever, exist so. forever. And the fact of the matter is there's a lot of people that haven't saved well. So this is a significant portion of your retirement. And you do want to be strategic about how you go about it because right. it's it's. 8% each year is significant, right? If we're saying that if each year that you wait, your benefit increases by 8%, that's large, especially if you could have said, man, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait till 67. I'm going to wait till 70. I can do this. It's, you know, I'm okay with my, what I'm, what I'm doing. Wow. That makes a difference. So the difference between 63 and 67 is a 32%, almost a third. Yeah. Increase. So it increases 8% each year. Wow. And I'm sorry, that's compounded. So it's even more. Um, let me actually. Wow. <clears throat> when we go to break, she gonna look into that. Yeah, I'll, and look see. It, I'll look it up let's to see get if you it's the compounded exact or is it Okay. Because we already know that they already know the number they're giving you. Yes. And so I, that's why it's, it's important to look at those statements. Wow. And you can always go out to SSA.gov and run your Social Security mm-hmm. estimate, mm-hmm. right? So your Social wow. Security benefit is going to be based off of 35 years of working. Right. Okay. And so they're going to take your highest 30 years and then they'll do a calculation and you'll see at full retirement age, if you're born after 1960, that's mm-hmm. 67. Right. And you can see, okay, if I wait 
I'm going to get this amount. If I take it early, I'll get this amount. If I take right. it even earlier than that, they give it to you for each year. Right. Um, and you can actually see those numbers. And so I think that that's powerful. I think people should be looking at that. But if you're working, you also have a reduction because you still have income coming in. Oh, you saying before? Right. So, before yeah, so that is something to yeah. think about. If you you should not take Social Security if you're working. If you're gonna be working, yeah. So it's yeah. it's a reduction if you make more than it's like nineteen thousand. I think five hundred and sixty dollars. Okay. That um your your benefit will be reduced mm. by. So you can't really make that much money. If you're working before 62 and taking Social Security. So I'm like, if you're going to work, just work. Don't take Social (laughs) Security. All right. When we come back, I want to look at ways to maximize the benefit. You're listening to J.B. Bell and Erica Wright. I'm still stuck on the retirement age. Like every (laughs) time I think about that, I just think 8% a year? Oh, yeah. And people take it at 62? and Okay. All right. When we come back, we'll 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 dig into this and look at all the things you can do to maximize your Social Security. We'll be right back. More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Planning, insurance, and investing are all important aspects to building generational wealth. Dr. Ken Harris has you covered with a lesson in financial empowerment right here on the new 1017 The Truth. Financial Empowerment on 1017 The Truth is presented by Northwestern Mutual. At Northwestern Mutual, their version of financial planning helps you live your dreams today. And welcome back. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. I'm here with J.B. Bell and Erica Wright. Bell and Wright Agency, Northwestern Mutual. They can sell you pretty much anything you want within a reason. (laughs) As long as they got to do with finances. There we go. Outside of that, clean that up well. You know, like a house or a car. I don't think they're going to do that. They might buy one from you, but I don't think they're going to sell it. And so we've been talking about Social Security and in really basic, simple terms. You explain this is what Social Security is. This is what it's supposed to do, even though you said, what was the number? That people live off of Social Security as their sole? One, yeah, one-third of people taking what? benefits oh, okay. use Social Security and, and as their you know sole the, income. The average benefit is about $1,500. It's not a lot. A month? Yeah. That's like thirteen grand a year. Uh, no. It's real. Hmm. Interesting. And then, and then we talked about retirement age. So you can, I think the, the first age, well, you can take it with disability. If you're disabled, mm-hmm. but then at any age, as long as you have work, but then you have to do at 62, 60, anytime between 62 and 67, and the percentages change yep. mm-hmm. up until 67 when you can take your full. Um, yep. The 67 is called the full retirement. The age. full retirement age where you don't have to worry about working another job because they give you your money no matter what. Correct. You'll exactly. get, yep, you'll get your, okay. your full benefit. I guess that's why wealth, really wealthy people die without having taken their Social Security because, like, in, in, in comparison to what you get, it's not really much. 
But I guess every dime counts after 67. Correct. And, and I don't necessarily know that because wealthy people tend to live a little bit longer because they're, yes, they're, they they're healthier. And so yes, they will they take it at, at 70. Um, but if they don't if you don't need to take Social Security, it's good mm-hmm. to delay it. Right. Because you're thinking, OK, you you make it to full retirement age, but then right. that 8 percent continues to grow all the way up until the age of 70. So especially when you think about your spouse, you know, like your your spouse may not have as high a benefit as yours. So to, to be able to drive that up may create some peace of mind for them, too. I think my spouse might have more than me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you start thinking. Mm. So so what what kind of how we we talk about maximizing something, but it's fixed and you pay into it and you can't really use it till the government says you can use it. How do you maximize that? How do you maximize a Social Security benefit? Well, one of the biggest things is um, is really doing your best to try to find um, to make more money. <laughs> that's that's one of the biggest ways. You know, let, let's say for example, um, you were to take off um, four years and make nothing, right? right. And that that right. that factors into your calculation of those thirty five years that they're going to pull from. So, one of the first things you can do right now before you even get to that stage is really try to do everything you can to secure, you know, be gainfully employed to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, though, uh, when we talk about maximizing, right, the the thing we've been saying over and over again is you delaying that payment out, right, for as long as possible is um, one of the other ways that you can maximize. But how do you know, like, see, that's that that's what throws me for a loop. I don't know if I'm going to live till 70 and then I'm 80 going, man, I should have took it sooner. Like, I don't know. How, how do you? Well, this is where the plan comes into play. This okay. is why you don't want to wing it, right, because – Again, if we've gotten to a place where we can, say, take leverage monies out of a 401k plan or retirement mm-hmm. account um, to buy us time until we're, we're there um, or other income streams, or let's say sometimes we see situations where because maybe the house is paid off at that point, one one spouse's income may be enough to cover the bill so they, they don't need to draw it. You know, there's so many different reasons. And as you start to get, you know, closer and closer to those dates, then you do know. Right. Or you you will start to have a better a better picture of of what's going on. You right. from a health perspective. Right. You know, if you're healthy, if you if you have some some health issues, things like that, then we may say, OK, you should start taking it earlier because mm-hmm. um, because that'll then help you pay for things that you need. Yes. And you'll have the income. Yes. And okay. if you and if you are working and if you just need that income, you definitely. Yes. Let's take it at, you know, at 62. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, delaying is also helpful, you know, for that that spouse to have a higher benefit. So when you think about, um, you know, you're getting the the higher of the two benefits when one passes away, mm-hmm. delaying the the benefit of the spouse that earns more is nice because, okay, now when, if they pass away first, then that will be a higher benefit for that spouse versus if they did take it at at 62 or even 67. Is there an instance where the spouse passes away and didn't take Social Security? Can I as a spouse get their Social Security if it's higher? So are you saying that, oh, they didn't start the Social Security yet, but they're eligible? So I'm still working, right? Yes. I haven't retired. I don't have a pension or anything. I'm working. Mm -hmm. And then I pass away. Mm -hmm. My wife, who has Social Security, has worked, retired, and is on Social Security and getting a pension. Yep, you're entitled to those benefits. She's entitled to my benefits. Yep. 
And whichever one is higher, she gets to choose that. Yes. Even though I didn't Even though you it. didn't get to feel it, man. Wow. They be setting women up pretty <laughs> tough. Hey, man, you could live too. It could be the other way around, hmm. possibly. Hmm. I mean, and, and then a lot of the time, so they're entitled to that. You know, now if right. if you have, you know, small children, you get a, a spousal benefit if mm-hmm. right, um, right. if someone passes away. And they get benefits as yes. well. And, okay. Yep. 833-212-1017 is the number. Uh, we've got Sherman, and he's got a question about Social Security. Go right ahead, Sherman. How you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. This is the question I have. If uh, two people were married, um, uh, um, a husband and wife was married, and both of them passed away before they reached the age of Social Security, where does that money go to? In the pot for everybody else. If nobody was eligible to take Social Security. So if if they have children, then their children should be able to, um, and these are minor children, their children receive, you know, benefits. But if they were, if they don't have any minor children and they're older, then they're, they weren't eligible for the Social Security anyway. Okay, so I guess that's, I guess that's the reason one call is because I guess it's a, it's a lot of argument about Social Security uh, that, you know, it's going to be running out. So if, if you have people paying into Social Security and they reach the age to get it but die before they get it and they have no children or the children are too old to collect it, where does that money go to? The second question is you have uh, immigrants that come here and work and they pay into Social Security and they're not able to collect. Where does that money go to? If, if your premise is true, the same thing. It goes into the pot and it stays there until they become a citizen or have a social security number identified and they go and that's one of the problems yeah. that you know we've we've said you know about about the system it's not perfect and and unfortunately right. you know i don't have all of those numbers but yeah that um so how, so how can something be running out when more you have more people paying in when uh, uh than people getting out because but you don't have more people paying in, though. You don't have more. You have less people paying in. They would have to pay more. The system isn't running out. It's just going to pay less because you have less people, if, if that makes sense. Oh, that's okay. That, yeah, like, even bro- if that's the case, well, go ahead. I, I was going to say, brother, so th- there's a, a study that went out recently, a survey that went out recently, and 48% of the people um, who are still working, they believe that Social Security – um, will continue to provide benefits of equal value when one is given a day when they pass away. So that means you have a large amount of people that believe Social Security is just going to go away, but it's it's kind of unfounded if you just literally look at the data. So right now, okay. um, you know, there's still people paying into it, right? So that that's going to happen. And and what we just said earlier is that like you know, 76 percent of of um of of basically what your one is promised today, we still project to be in good standing all the way into the year twenty ninety one. So this is probably not an issue that we're going to have to deal with as much in our lifetime, as opposed to the next generation. Yeah, I understand that. I was just still trying to get to the uh, uh, um, I guess deflate the argument of people saying it's going to run out because you have even if you have, even if you don't have more people paying in or you or you have less people paying, in, it's some people that won't benefit from it at all. Yeah, it's less about it running out. It's just about the degree to which you're going to receive it at this point. I think it's, it's probably yeah. the bigger thing. And, 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 and what I 
I guess one of my uh, biggest thing, things is when you always have a, a person from the opposite side want to argue, you know, it's, it's this and that. Uh, a lot of people don't know that Social Security has absolutely nothing to do with the national debt. Correct. It's something you pay in. That is same correct. With, uh, uh, unemployment. And you have some people want to, because I'm trying to understand why take something that's not a problem to anybody else except for the people that's making it a problem. All right. Well, if, thank if, you much. If, if, we, we, we are running on time, and I got to let you go, Sherman. If you want to call back later, feel feel free to do that. But we got to run and take a break. Take Thanks care, for bro. calling. 833-212-1017 is the number. When we come back, we've got a surprise, a, a, a program we want to talk to you about. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. My guests are J.B. Bell and Erica Wright. Financial empowerment with Northwestern Mutual. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Financial Empowerment with Northwestern Mutual. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. J.B. Bell, Erica Wright, everybody's hanging out. There is a program that when I read about it, I was pretty excited about it. And and who? which of you are going to tell me about this? Yes, HBCU me. Me. I'm going to talk a little bit about it. Erica Wright, go ahead. Go yes. ahead. So I am excited to share if you all haven't heard about it, but this is Northwestern Mutual's Historically Black Colleges and Universities Connection Program. And so um, they are providing scholarships to nine students to um, for their first and second year of college. And then after that, they would invite them to the internship program for their junior and senior year. Right. So the goal there is really to support emerging talent and then um, provide those internships and have them return to as employees after graduation. Is it a paid internship? I I don't know. I believe it is, but I don't know for sure, for sure. But, but can I sign up? I know the ones most of the ones yeah. that I've seen are paid. So. Okay, she's not listening. Can I sign up, JB? Did you go to um, you you I'll have to qualify for going to one of the schools? I will go to an HBCU. Yeah. <laughs> it may be a little too late. I'll go to know? an HBC. Okay. You gotta be in high school. So y'all gonna pick nine people. Yes. So the main nine criteria people. Yes. What's what's the criteria to be yes. emerging talent? The main criteria is that you need to be going to an HBCU and you will have graduated from one of the um Northwestern Mutual Foundation schools. And so I'm gonna read those schools off so okay. you all know. So if you know students from Rufus King, Ronald Reagan, go to my ear. Uh, Howard Fuller Academy, Kingdom Prep Lutheran, Carmen, Crystal Ray, Hmong American Peace Academy, Milwaukee Academy of Science, high schools and or college possible Milwaukee and grad plus the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Milwaukee participants. So if you're in any one of those schools and or um, programs, Mm -hmm. make sure that you complete the application. And where do I find that at? 
The application, you can go to learnmore.scholarshipsapply.org slash NMHBCU. I'm mad. I ain't talking to y'all no more. Okay. The deadline. So we got to be mindful. Y'all got to get on this now because the deadline is June 22nd. And they plan to have selected those recipients by July 24th. So that's next Thursday. Yes. So we got to get on it. This has been out. And so. And so what's the website again? It is learnmore.scholarshipsapply.org. I'm going to do a backslash NMHBCU. I'm still sad. Right so I can go, go back to high school and then I gotta go. Man. You think they'll let somebody my age go back to this? Like, no, this is for the kids. Yeah, this it's is not. Yeah, this for the kids. You talking you about take away from talking about extending your, your Y'all social security. Y'all don't want to make people feel bad. And, uh, you don't want to take away from the kids. <laughs> you don't want to. And, and so those are some of the great things that Northwestern Mutual does as it relates to communities and, and recognizing that everybody can go to an HBCU. That race mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Gender doesn't matter. It comes mm-hmm. down to it's a it's a an accredited university mm-hmm. that does great things in in every community in America, and so Northwestern Mutual kind of kind of put their money where their mouth was and said, "Hey, we're gonna give some money to nine students chosen, and you have to go to those schools or be in those programs." And I think the really cool thing about it is that if you're in that college possible program if you're in the um you know all those programs with those organizations even though you go to a different high school you're eligible Mm -hmm. and that's the beauty of it wow two years and then yeah that's that's what i'm saying you know your first two years and then you can be invited for the internship yeah for your junior and senior year like Mm -hmm. that's typically a fast track to working there full time so Mm. And and, and Northwestern Mutual's this. internship is always a good thing to have on a resume anyway. Rewind this part. I'm, I'm just trying to subtract age and see where I could. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think it's going to happen, Dr. King. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. Well, thank you so very much. I do appreciate you all being here. It's important that people pay attention to what Social Security can do for them um, instead of always thinking. I guess um, – he was correct. Sherman was correct in that Social Security is something that you don't lose, that it's a benefit and you've been paying into it. Some people pay into it and never get it. And so the money's there till 2091. Yeah. So, yeah, those those are great things. And that's why you should always be here once a month. Um, financial Empowerment with Northwestern Mutual is here each and every month, twice a month with Sherwin Hughes and myself. Dr. Ken Harris right here on the new 1017 The Truth. Thank you, Erica. Appreciate it. You're welcome. JB, Apply for those scholarships. Hey man, JB, should I call him out? Should what? I call him out? Answer your phone. <laughs> oh, you going to do the... I'm sorry. I got my life together. Dr. Ken Harris is, is in my phone right now. All right.